House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren, Mr. Joe Goldberg. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Al, though I'm fighting off, I think, my usual springtime cold slash sinus infection. So if the listener hears me slobbing and snobbing and whatever, it's me trying to be healthy. <laughs> drinking. 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 Yeah. Liquids. Fluids. Yeah. I won't tell you what kind, but they're, they're <laughs> there. It's that it's allergy season, cold season, sinus infection season. So I'll whine about three things at once to make my life yeah. uh, much more efficient. Yeah, get it all out. Get it all out. You yeah. know? Why yeah. not? Okay, now today we are going back into the world of spies, sort of, you know, Cold War, all that sort of stuff. So joining us, we've got uh, an author who's uh, got the third book out now, Surviving Prague, and that's his third book in the Holloman series. Um, So, Paul Hollis, thank you for being here. Thank you. appreciate you having me, uh, Joe Joe and uh, Alan. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. It's always Alan and Joe. Make sure you have the, yeah, the man first, and then there's little old no, me. No, no, it's all good. So listen, um, so you, you're interesting. You got the, you got quite the experience in these books. So now, and you put it to your own experience. So let's talk about you a little bit. So Paul, um, how did the um, how did you get into this type of uh, writing? Like what what experience did you go through? Well. Um... I, I like to say that 80% of my stories are about 90% true, so that probably deserves a little background in itself. Um, I was actually born in Alabama, of all places, um, and I, I actually um, brewed um, and sold moonshine with my father. And I, I grew up in Chicago where I, I distilled LSD in the chemistry lab for the Cicero mob, actually, and uh, <laughs> also caught... Yes, yes. Also came. Uh, I used my uh, my my brewing skills from when I was five years old with my dad. So, but uh, anyway, and and uh, I also really came of age in California when I um, hung out with uh, some musicians that you probably heard of Santana and Garcia and Joplin and Grace Slick and many others. But uh, that uh, that sort of uh, you could probably guess from that that I. I was actually uh, majoring in staying out of Vietnam in college. Um, that it's kind of kind of got to that. So um, I, I did I did attend Woodstock of all of all places. Um, there there's an old saying: if you remember the '60s, you weren't there, um, of course. And and uh, but uh, there are certain things you don't forget. I I remember what '19 was like. I, I remember being hungry, buzzed, and pumped all at the uh, and adrenaline all at the same time, and um, dirty and wet. <laughs> were were just the yeah. same thing at that time, and uh, um, you know we shared what we had and, and that sort of thing. And I re- I remember dancing uh, to the nonstop music, and uh, you know. So what I don't really remember is uh, another time like that. Well, and and so so when you were doing all that, were you kind of aware of like what you're writing about? You know, the the Cold War and the tensions and all that. Was this something you were aware of at the time? Not a clue. Um, I'll tell you, after I, um, when I graduated, um, you know, my, um, my dad was, a was a, a railroad detective and, and, uh, he said, well, I should, I should go to, uh, Quantico, you know, go to, to, um, uh, you know, FBI school and all that. And I thought, well, you know, I've, I've spent four years trying to stay out of Vietnam and carrying guns and stuff. So 
maybe that might, might not be the best choice. So uh, uh, after a, a, about a year of uh, working with a college degree in my hands, I I, I joined the FBI, uh, the um, uh, Peace Corps as a uh, an alternative to war. Uh, well, to be honest, I, I thought working for a living was uh, kind of a poor career choice. So I, I wanted to see the I want. I wanted to see the world on somebody else's money. That was my main goal in life, is I just wanted to see the world. And so I joined the Peace Corps, and about 48 hours later, I I was in a in my training process. I I was in a, a place called Paintsville, Kentucky. Uh, it's just right off the Cumberland Gap, and uh, probably a stone's throw from uh, the lost world of Virginia, really close down there. Uh, and about a month into this education, I, I thought, geez, these guys really aren't kidding. So um, I, I jumped at an unexpected opportunity to, to visit Africa. Uh, and I thought maybe lions and tigers might be uh, uh, preferable to the, to the dinosaurs that live just beyond, beyond that uh, Cumberland Gap uh, kind of area. Um, but uh, as it turned out, it wasn't much better. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what happened was um, about a week into this um, – uh, in in East Africa, which is in a place called uh, Tanzania, which was a, a very new country at the time, um, and that actually where the Tanzania uh, uh, mineral gemstone comes from, if you're familiar with that light blue stone. But I didn't I didn't see any of those when I was there. But um, I, I did uh, dig a lot of latrines. Um, I was uh, probably standing in mud. Uh, up to my knees in mud and some, some kind of animal dung maybe was, was mixed in it, but uh, completely immersed in my new position. And um, I um, I actually um, I was um, thought, well, you know, I'm kind of lost and abandoned here on this rain-soaked crust of earth, and, and I, I really couldn't tell if I was crying or if it was raining harder. So at that time, this guy... Uh, uh, came in with a, with a story for me, uh, and I don't know why he picked me that's beyond beyond infathomable. I just it's kind of in the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong time. I'm not sure which, but um, he turned out to be my future handler, uh, and he offered me unrestricted travel in Europe. Uh, and uh, all I had to do was occasionally uh, watch some people or learn some people or, or, or report on the uh, um, places, uh, things that were happening in Europe and, and, um, these kind of things. And, and he didn't quite mention terrorists at this time, but, but he said, um, uh, you know, it's, it kind of sounded better than I, than I had at the time. And I, but, but then I had three weeks of, uh, of, uh, training under a, a U.S. Marine Corps instructor, which was, uh, if anybody, if you're very related to the Marines, they are bad boys and they do not, they do not have any sympathy or, or pity for anyone that they're that they're training. Um, so so that so that got to the this got to the point where where I was um, uh, sort of my lesser known activities I would say is, is traveling in Europe in the early 1970s and uh, and uh, let me talk a little bit about the terrorism that was going on at that time. Um, it was um, it was on the rise and. Um, and I was assigned to learn as much as I could about it, as I said, and I, I was supposed to learn about specific people or places or plans uh, that they had heard of or or that I could figure out um, that was a sort of that would might that might bring terror to our shores here in the United States or 
otherwise go against our worldwide interest, you know, sort of thing. So I collected information like I was supposed to, and uh, uh, and I was supposed to turn it over to the professionals who uh, would resolve the situation of whatever I gave them information on. Um, that being probably the CIA, but I couldn't tell for sure at that time. Um, and um, that's how it was supposed to work, but when you're young and wild and untrained, really, and, and things uh, things don't always go to uh, according to plan, uh, things happen that you don't expect. And so that is that's where these books start to come in. Um, in those in those days with um, with this, the the terrorists coming becoming changing their routine, basically, let me say that um, the the uh, former acts of um, violence were really kind of distinct and and uh, uh, personal against a, a specific um, target and uh, some definable enemy uh, but in the in the early 70s the, the terrorists uh, were beginning to change that um, uh, strategy to to the more uh, let's say familiar senseless kind of chaos that we that we have uh, recognized today. The, the death of a political figure no longer seemed to, to bother much uh, about these people and, and, and us in particular in, in the humanity. And I, I was actually thinking, well, you know, go ahead and kill a few politicians. They're really a dime a dozen and somebody else is going to replace them in, a, in two seconds anyways, right? So, so what these, ter- what the terrorists did was they changed their targets to, uh, the innocents becoming, you know, preferable to to those that that uh, um, that were just kind of specific, you know, for an ideology or something like a, like a politician. But um, but what they did was they changed it to to these bombs and and plots that would just sort of kill indiscriminately across women and children and innocent people who were just trying to make their way through the world, right? So that was. That was the kind of thing that was um, was coming across. So, what happened then is, is that in in my memory, I, I didn't have any idea of writing this down at the time. But but I, I would sort of uh, would say right now, describing my books, uh, that they are sort of um, I would say different is better than different. That would be my motto. Uh, sorry, different is better than better. Um, I can always get my words mixed up on that one, but. And an example of that is that, that the books aren't really about Jason Bourne and uh, Jack Ryan and maybe James Bond lookalikes. They're they're I'm not trying to rehash those books or or the characters. Uh, mine is about a guy who was um, uh, would run in every direction that he could. Um, he was no hero, not clever, capable, not particularly talented, or certainly not tested. Um, so he was sort of like the opposite end of, of those uh, elusive characters that, that always got everything right and they could handle everything they could do in a, in a battle sort of thing. So, so I, I was just kind of the guy who was kind of uh, trying to make, make, make it up through alive um, without this, uh, this terrorism bit killing me kind of thing. Um, and being in the early 20s, you know, I, I didn't really have a, a sort of a fear that, that we kind of collect as we get older. Um, you know, knowing that, hey, I might be in, I might be over my head here, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to live till I'm thirty anyway. So, so it was that kind of a sort of attitude, kind of thing that I had grown up with through the whole 
uh, you know, as you can see from my experiences through my whole life. And, and what you need, what you need to do is kind of, um, picture a guy in a red shirt, maybe in, uh, on a Star Trek adventure. Uh, uh, and so the word that comes to mind is expendable. It's not, it's not like you are dependable in any, any sort of, any sort of way, but I'm sure that they thought if I, killed myself or someone else killed me no harm done they would collect another guy or two or five or ten and and go ahead and, and put them into the same situation so that was the kind of environment that i was in when the books did you understand that did you understand that at the time did you realize that you were just kind of uh they didn't care in a sense they were just using you as long as you lived they could they could get what they needed from you, and then when you get killed, oh well, next. Like, did you understand that that was what was going on, or is this something you see now if you look back? Absolutely not. I didn't understand that at all. And if I had, had uh, you know, if I had known I was going to live this long, I would have probably said, "Gee, maybe I should take some more um, care with what I'm doing as a young as a young man." But no, I I didn't really think about it because. What they what they said was, you know, basically, don't get mixed up in anything. Don't do the. Don't really do this. And and um, and, I, and I couldn't find the 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 right information sometimes. And it, you know, the main source in those days was the libraries, way before the internet and, and uh, cell phones and everything. So, um, you know, I had to try to look at microfiche, old microfiche, and look at articles and newspapers and and you know magazine kind of things and to to find out information in that way. But but that only went so far, and then I had to figure out how to follow some of these people, you know, sort of thing, and and uh, not get caught following them, not get into too much trouble, you know, because uh, it turned out I the, the Marine Corps told me that uh, the Marines told me that uh, I'm not a very good shot with a gun, so I you know, I did learn how to do that, but um, Fortunately, I actually ran into a an MA6 uh, agent who was a young lady about my age at the time, and um, she became my protector through that most of that. And um, I would say the books are as much about her as they are about me. Um, you know, she was my protection. She had the she always had a gun, always had a weapon of some sort, and and uh, was not afraid to use it, kind of thing. But. I, I did not understand any of the situation I was in, which kind of brings out some of the, some of, I guess, some of the intricacies that I didn't understand that I wasn't supposed to go and sort of meet with people and, and, and certain people and that, that were not the most trustworthy kind of people and that sort of thing. So I just went and did what I thought was best. And, and, uh, uh, fortunately I had a sort of a half a brain, not a, probably a full brain, but, Kind of in that way, but, but, you know, got, got through it a little bit. So, uh, so no, I didn't, I didn't, didn't understand it. What were you getting out of it? Like, okay, so you're young and you're kind of wild and you kind of done different things that were kind of on the edge and traveling and you didn't really have any, you know, you're just wayward and having a time and stuff. So this, this happens and you start doing this. Um, so what did you feel you were getting or did you did you care like what what was going through your mind yeah i i got to you know I, as i said i wanted to see the world on somebody else's money and they they said uh, they gave me a number that i had to memorize and, and kind of thing but um i could go anywhere i wanted to in, in the free world I, you know i couldn't go to to um, wasn't supposed to go to um the iron curtain countries and things like that although you'll see in the third book that i 
I did actually have to break into Czechoslovakia, <laughs> but uh, I won't give away too much there. But um, but yeah, I, I got a free free ride anywhere I wanted to go in in uh, uh, in Western Europe, and, um, and and I had to to I can go to any American Express office when I needed money, and I'd give them that number, and they'd give me a a bundle of of, uh, of um, pesetas or francs or you know deutsche marks or whatever wherever it was at the time so i was able to you know go where i wanted to see what i wanted to and and just uh be available for for their phone calls which sometimes emanated from me and sometimes from them if they actually knew where i was um so yeah and then and i mean it wasn't it wasn't full-time non-stop terrorism it was it was um maybe three to six months at a time, uh, although it should have been a couple of weeks at a time, according to them. Uh, but I just kind of got mixed up into stuff. And I, I learned, I learned a lot. I mean, I, I was kind of, I, I mean, every day, every day, even to this day, I, I try to learn something, but, but, but I learned how to, how to do makeup. I learned how to grow a beard when there was no beard there. And I learned how to change the color of my hair and, uh, um, and, and learn how to, to, um, understand people uh understand what they were like and even from their shoes you know sort of thing what what kind of shoes they wore how they how they uh how the shoes wore down you know sort of thing and were they new were they leather were they plastic you know like they, those kinds of things so, but but normally what what i found back in even back in the day is that people don't actually look at people and and what happens then is is that you know, the old Clark Kent thing is you, you put, you put some glasses on and people don't see the same person, you know, and, 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 um, you put a pebble in your shoe and now you're, now you've got a little limp and you, and you, and, uh, it's not the same person at all. It means they just don't see you, you know, sort of thing. And I, I was up, I, I, to this day, I'm amazed that people just really don't see the people around them, you know, sort of thing. So that was one thing I learned and it, and it really helped me a lot of times, um, when I got into trouble, just to understand what was going through, kind of what was going through their heads at the time, kind of thing. But, um, you know, that, that was, it was, um, uh, not as terrorizing in most situations as, as, uh, um, as I might have you think right now. Uh, I, I did, I did get a, um, uh, I have a two-inch scar on my palm, of my hand from a, from a knife fight <laughs> in southern France. Um, so, um, and that that's actually in the first book. Um, and but uh, I did that's seems to be the only um, scar that I that I uh, that I got in, in all those uh, interactions. Let's say in, in those days. So, um, got the crap beat out of me a few times uh, that I'm not particularly proud of. One was by a woman. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, she was a prostitute and she thought I was going to take her money, but I wasn't interested in her money. I was interested in what else she had in her purse, but, uh, but anyways, don't come between a woman and her money. So, uh, uh, that taught me a lesson as well. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, that, it was just, a a time to be a kid and to see the world and, and, um, I mean, I guess it just got me started on, you know, I've probably lived overseas totally, probably for 10 years, at, you know, at least that much uh, in in not just Europe, but in lots of places, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and uh, Tokyo, and uh, Malaysia, and uh, Af uh, and um, 
South Africa and in uh, Camp Cape Town and um, uh, Anchorage, Alaska. You know, there's another world for you up there. So um, I just, you know, my my whole goal in life was to see the world, uh, broaden my perspective, understand you know, kind of what's going on in the world just because it's a world, not because it has politics or culture or anything else in it, but all that sort of thing kind of gravitated into the books, you know, sort of thing. Well, Paul, when did you decide to put this down in the books? When did you start scribbling all, the, all these stories down and turn them into... It's interesting. My my son, um, who um, was... A, I adopted him when he was 50, so when I was 50, <laughs> he, was, he was just born, but uh, he was... he. We put him in gymnastics kind of thing to at three years old to kind of burn off the energy, and it didn't actually work that way because he loved it and uh, stayed with gymnastics all the way through college basically. But but when when he was in grammar school, um, he he had like four hours of training every night and uh, and he loved it. But and and so but but the parents we just kind of dropped the kids off and went to the local hub, which is just down the street and um you know people i mean they would ask me questions and i would say this or that you know kind of thing and and one of um one of the ladies a, the, a lady doctor a good friend of mine she says why don't you write the, write this down as a book and i thought i don't know what you know what am i when am i going to do that and and she says well you're retired what else you got to do so i thought oh, okay well i'll give it a shot and and um the more i wrote down the the easier it got and um and and it it was fun after a while it was fun you know to to retell a story that i hadn't really dwelled on for 45 years you know some 50 years maybe something like that and uh, um so yeah i mean that was that was what it was in 2013 i, I think i published the first book and um uh yeah and you know kind of the rest is history there it just I, I try to I try to um, uh, sort of show a story rather than telling it so much, you know, as much as I can. Um, I, I know a lot of I read a lot of books where they just kind of tell the story, and um, you know, so it's, it was important for me in writing the book to, to figure the first book to to figure out what was what would make this thing visual, you know, so to get people actually along with me for the for this whole ride you know sort of thing it, so uh you know it, it kind of to me it was kind of important to immerse the readers in into uh into each scene and and uh and 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 I wanted the readers to experience what I experienced at the same time that I was experiencing it for um you know feel the excitement the the uh, the voice to hear the voices you know those those kinds of things there um and and I believe that I you know I I sort of kind of went to two two different aspects of the book to to uh, help me figure that out and and one was that uh, one thing I learned was that realistic dialogue is indispensable uh, when when and how people talk make those characters come to life uh, readers may uh, We'll always kind of, I do this as well, I, they'll, we'll skip uh, some bit, bits of uh, description and scenery and maybe some of the story too, but for some reason they're always gravitated to what characters say. I mean, that dialogue is, is really uh, uh, 
you know how it, the way people actually speak is 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 really important. I I, I, I see a lot in it like everyone has perfect English when they're speaking, but but that's not how we we interact with people. I mean, and it's not how we talk. Uh, you you've got uh, contractions or the lack of contractions. You got slang. You got accents. You got uh, hesitations. You got word uh, selections. Uh, the physical actions while you're speaking, you know, sort of thing, and and uh, and each one of those combinations is unique and and, uh, and and specific to one character. If you can do that, then then the character walks off the page and joins the, the reader for the ride through the story. So uh, that that's the, the first thing that I learned, and the second thing was was uh, was actually location, you know. It has it, it uh, in its own way has its has its own um, experience and, and has a its own feel to to the to the visual kind of arena. It's like it's like um, you know would a uh, let's say would a would a, you know, a viewer watch a TV movie that that was set in Paris or London, for example, that maybe happened all exclusively indoors, right? So to me, that I'd say not so much for me, but. But the, if that is a, is that what happens, then the, the location becomes moot, and it, and it becomes, and you can take it all the way outside of the of the whole story because it could happen in, indoors anywhere in Los Angeles or Chicago or wherever. And um, uh, so, so it's important to, for the for me to to uh, who have understood what location means to. Uh, through the story as well, to me it's um it's kind of its own character. Location challenges characters. You know, we have you have different languages, and you have cultures, and you have wet different weathers. That a weather pattern could be uh, a character in itself. You know, and people uh, people around them. You know, all that sort of thing are all interacting with with what's going on and have an effect on what's what's going on. So. So uh, you can make a you can make um, unique characters out of those uh, critical roles in the story. I, I would say you know. So you've, you've got uh, um, well, let's say that you've got the old the three things where you know they say in a story it's um, man versus man, man versus himself, and man versus nature. And uh, we don't really, other than things like Jack London and to build a fire, we don't really get into man fighting a storm it's it's like a byproduct of a of of what's going on in the real story but but uh i saw i see uh location and what location brings with it being culture and weather and language and all that sort of thing is as being unique characters amongst themselves and and that and, and they challenge the, the protagonist and and antagonists and all the other characters but it, it, they're they're challenged by that, and and uh, but when they see that as a um, sort of a uh, another character, then they have to deal with it in some at some level. You have you have to deal with it. So it, it's it's uh, a different world than sort of living in America, you know, where everybody sort of speaks English. I mean, I don't quite understand everything that that uh, New Englanders say or or the that they say in the South, but, but we do, we, we, we know what, what's going on sort of thing. So that, that's how I, that's how I, you know, use that, 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 um, the, the feel of the, of the, the location or the environment. It's that you, you want to be able to 
not just hear about it or or read about it, but but feel the the say the um, the fog in London or the uh, taste of a French cuisine, you know, sort of things. Something something like that. So that's what you you want to to do, and and that's what I've tried to do in the books. Well, so when you're plotting out your books, do you start with the location, put the characters in that location, or do you say, I got uh, some characters, where would they best be drawn out, their personalities and their characteristics, in what lo- what type of location? Um, actually, um, I, I don't actually plot them out because they're they're already done deals, as it says. Uh, you know, I'm, I, know, I know the old uh, dichotomy between... Uh, uh, planning and and being like a pantser, right? So, uh, but but I don't I don't I didn't really have the chance to do that much in these books because th- the location was where where I was, and so I sort of take the people through through those through the locations and that, and 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 the the characters are already defined, they're already there, they're 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 with me. So so all I was doing is really kind of doing like a a police report, maybe you could look at it that way, like after the fact, here's what happened, you know, sort of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. What What do you hope people get out of this then? When When you're writing these, what are you What are you writing them for? Or is just it just pure pure entertainment, or? Well, uh, yes and no. I, I would like people to enjoy the books, um, but what I would also like them to understand that there's a there's a huge big world out there uh, that that doesn't really involve. Uh, uh, terrorism, but it but it's a huge big world out there that we should get out and and uh, uh, visit, you know, see some of the different cultures around the world and 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 understand that um, uh, that people are are the same no matter where you go. They have, we have the same uh, um, biases and same political outlooks and religious whatever the religion is. It's the same kind of outlooks, and and we're just trying to make our way from day to day other than, you know, the, the, the filthy rich people, you know, the, but normal people are just kind of making their way from day to day and and um, uh, don't really have a whole lot of animosity against uh, um, the other other cultures and things like that, although they do as much as we do, I'm sure. Um, and um so so i mean just get out and and just kind of broaden your perspective uh to to see that and know that there's a huge big world out there that uh can teach us all a lot kind of thing so so that's really what i'd like to get out of the quotes well do you got more stories in you oh yeah yeah i am i unfortunately what i did was in the last chapter of the of the surviving Prague, i was I, i was sort of intending to sort of end it there because I thought maybe people were kind of getting tired of reading these. But uh, I sort of wrote, talked myself and wrote myself into a, another book there for that. But uh, I do, yeah, I do have many more stories. And um, and everything I've been telling you today uh, has a story in itself as well, you know. So I don't know if I'm going to would do a, a prequel to, uh, uh, to this to talk more about... Uh, um, Things like cut my college days, or or uh, more about the Peace Corps, or something of that sort. Um, but um, but definitely, if uh, there's a fourth book in there, and there's there's probably a fifth or sixth as well. But but I, I hadn't really. I thought really maybe I'd go on to something else. But but this is pretty much fun. I mean, I I like doing this, and and I like uh, I like 
sort of intrigue and and uh, it's almost like a nonstop action uh in in the books um uh not everyone gets killed uh, like like in some books so uh so it's just kind of like what what's what happened there and 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 uh, uh the different interactions of of tons of cultures and things like that yeah i, I might have, i've got thousands of stories that just didn't go into those books uh they just didn't fit in there in in one way or another just yet well paul you got a pretty impressive social media following like on twitter is like a, almost a hundred thousand how'd you do that that's a that's a, that's a lot i've been on twitter for a while i i, I have a blink to your number where, where do you get a hundred thousand followers how did you market that way what i try to do it with all social media is not just kind of get followers um but but try to to make friends there and 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 uh to actually interact with people that to uh you know when when somebody when a writer asks questions you answer them you know if you, if you know the answers you you you're, you should be happy to answer them and and they they take 30 seconds to 3 minutes to 5 minutes to to answer so it's not a not that big a deal but uh so what I and what I also do is I I make I made my followers in on Twitter especially feel like they were my equal like, like they were friends I I anybody that comes along I retweet their stuff I, I don't really you know if it's if it's um, non political and non religious and that sort of thing if it has to do with books I will retweet it for them um, and so and they, so they follow me and and I you know I get. I don't know. They just keep following, and I just keep uh, thanking them and and uh, going on. And uh, but but like if you look at Facebook, I mean, I have probably forty five hundred there uh, followers, and and I'll bet you that I don't know and I have not heard from four thousand of them ever in my life. You know, so I don't know why those people uh, follow me. Uh, I mean, you would think that okay, you'd want to. You want to interact. I mean, I, 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 as a person, want to interact. If you know, if I know somebody, I want to interact with them. I also want to put them up on a shelf and forget about them. You, you know, so um, that's what I do. I just kind of try to try to interact with people and and uh, and and never, you know, never degrade anybody or anything like that. You know, it's, it, that's not healthy and or helpful. So, um, you know, I mean, everybody has a great, something great inside of them and they need to get it out there. And I, I want to know about it. I just want to hear about it. And, and it's all, it's all kind of fun to me. I just love to learn things. So do you ever worry about writing any of these stories, something coming back at you or writing about someone that wants to, uh, doesn't like you writing about them or did you stay away from that? I, well, first, most of them, if not all of them are dead by now. Um, because there were, you know, in every, like every alphabet kind of thing that that goes on with uh, with our country uh, is run by kind of older people, you know, older white people with experience, let's say, um, and uh, so so they're they're all gone or retired or whatever. But but I don't in the book. I don't. Second of all, I don't really say anything that would be considered top secret or, or, or secretive of, of any sort. It, it's kind of like a, a, a dumb, a dumb kid going through, okay, um, I gotta, you know, trying to figure this out. So here's the best I can do with what I have, which is 
kind of nothing except for um except for the one um MI6 agent. Um so yeah, I mean I I, I communicated with um with Fort Meade a lot. Um I'm sure all those guys are, are long gone from there. Um but I I don't yeah, I didn't really and any names I, I I changed except for the for the factual parts like the the um when the prime minister of Spain gets blown up, he is a specific uh person uh, uh so so I mean he's he's in he's named in there and this stuff but but he's also been dead for thirty five or forty years. So um but so yeah, I mean I I don't really I don't really press anybody's buttons that way. Uh, let's say. How do you choose which stories you're going to write about? Just things that I remembered, uh, kind of in a kind of in a chronological sequence. Um, uh, you know, the the fir- my one of my first um, um, event- adventures over there, I'd say, it was a was a something that happened in uh, uh, Amsterdam, and um, that's where I met the MI6 agent, and I totally screwed that up for her. Um, the, the the assignment because the British were looking at the same thing I was looking at at the time, but um, but but after that, then then the, the next thing, the next big thing was uh, there was a uh, a bombing at the uh, British embassy in um, uh, Paris, um, and there was a little girl killed there. Uh, so I uh, uh, and, and then so I was actually assigned originally to to. Watched the the suspected guy uh, that did that. Uh, uh, they killed a, whole, a, a bunch of people there anyway. But uh, but and so that took me to Spain, which is where the book starts. And 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 then I, I went through went through that until that was resolved. And then uh, on to uh, London. I was actually going for a little holiday to uh, to London, which is where uh, the lady lived and. Uh, and I got involved in uh, the IRA bombing at the time, and uh, that took up the second story. And and then um, she was shortly after that she was uh, uh, transferred to the um, the Czechoslovakian embassy at that time, which is behind the Iron Curtain, and and uh, she got into a little trouble there. Um, and and I sort of had to break into Czechoslovakia to help her, but but it turns out that. Of course, she helped me more, way more than, and uh, she not, neither needed nor wanted my help at that time. But, but I, there I was, you know. So, uh, so we made the best of that deal, and uh, and so it, it's all it was all like chronologically. Now, at the end of that um, book, there, uh, the 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 U.S. Um, my handler is is looking for me because I don't actually didn't actually follow the rules. My I guess I never really have followed many rules, but um, but yeah, it, it it all kind of goes chronologically, kind of thing. So um, it, those are the big stories. That there are tons of little stories in there that don't really wouldn't really equate to a book kind of thing just yet. So that's why I'm sort of blogging blogging about some of them as we go along uh, in this last uh, couple months or so. Right. How do people find you then? Like, what social media and where's your blog and website? Give out all your contact information. The, the um, easiest way to find me is um, thehollowmanseries.com is my website, and it's got all the blog and, and uh, uh, book information on there. Um, if you would like to join me on, on Facebook, I would appreciate that. Uh, that That is uh, uh, just just 
Paul Hollis or uh, Paul Hollis author and or, and I have a, a, a private group actually just kind of requested to get into that. And it's all about writing and, uh, and, and, uh, telling stories and that sort of thing. So, and, which are really good and people are very interested in that sort of thing. And, and of course on uh, Twitter, I'm, uh, Hollow Man series, uh, at Hollow Man series. And you can find me there. That's, that's easy enough. Uh, my, um, Email, if you want to email me, is uh, is uh, paul at thehollowmanseries.com. And hey, you're welcome to call me, too, if you'd like. <laughs> that phone number. Oh, man. I've, had the, I've had the same phone number since cell phones were invented. <laughs> and I'll bet you every person in the world knows it. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. But, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey it's whatever you like, it's all good. Now, we're going to have all that up on the website, of course. And, uh, of course, your new book is, is Surviving Prague, and that's the uh, third book in the Holloman series. Um, so thank you for being here, Paul Hollis. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's always fun that to, to, uh, to, to talk to you, Alan and, and Joe. It's always good. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www. HouseofMystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This is the production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.